God the best praise we can today. He's worthy of all the praise. We worship your name, Jesus. Your name is powerful and mighty. You are awesome. To God be all the glory. Amen, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I don't know if you know it or not, but you're in the middle of revival. You're just in the middle of a move of God, and I hope you can sense that. I hope you can sense what God is doing, how His Spirit is moving across Wichita Falls and, and Texoma. Come on, somebody. I mean, all of Texoma. I met a lady yesterday serving on the Dream Team. They drive from Jacksboro every Sunday. Come on, that's like an hour drive. People drive from Altus and Walters, Oklahoma, and Sunset, south of Bowie, and, and from Vernon every single week. Come on, God's moving across our area. He's moving. And, and God gets all the praise, of course. And I want to look into the camera, welcome everybody who's with us today, and just say a big hello, because uh, I wish you were here today, wherever you're watching from. And I hear regularly people watching from coast to coast, all across uh, America, people watching uh, on deployments across the seas, and uh, to our servicemen and women, we just want to say a big hello and thank you for being with us. So on our fifth birthday, church, let's give the biggest welcome we can to everybody who's on the other side. Glad you're with us today. Yeah. We, we just wrapped up a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it was one of, I just, one of my favorite seasons is that 21 days of prayer and fasting. We saw God move in a powerful way through that season. Uh, over 4,000 hours of prayer was prayed during 21 days of prayer. Like that record numbers showing up, testimonies of people laying things down in their life, pushing things away. One, one morning in prayer, looked up and there's a vape on the altar, just a vape up here. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it up. I'm giving it to God. And, and people who said, hey, uh, Pastor, you, you talk about going all in. And, and we did it. We did it. We went all in and you know, our lives are changed because of it. And, and, you know, I read an article recently that said 44% of Americans since COVID 44% of Americans are saying, I need more of God in my life. And I'm one of those. Come on, I just need more of God in my life. And, and God's moving in a powerful way. One of the greatest testimonies this year so far is that in the first three Sundays of the year, 43 people have said yes to Jesus Christ since the beginning of the year. That's amazing. God is working and God is moving and lives are being changed and and, and, uh, and so I'm so thankful for that. We're in our fourth and final installment of a series that we're calling Pray First. And so I'm going to wrap it up today. And then next week we kick off a brand new series called Heart for the House. And, and what that series is really all about is leading us on a spiritual journey. Over the next three years, I believe God, I believe God's going to, he's already doing amazing things. And I wish I could tell the future and, and know what's going to happen. I just don't know what's going to happen. But I know this, that um, we're running out of space here, everybody. And so at 9 o'clock in the morning, we, we have to pull out some chairs. And, and so it's just amazing what God is doing. And over the next three years, we're going to go on a spiritual journey. And part of that is raising $4 million over three years to purchase some property somewhere, a piece of land or a building, if one exists, that can hold us because we need a place to house the ministry of City Hope for generations to come. Amen? Generations to come. So I'm excited about what is to come and, and what to tell you about that next week. But today we're going to wrap up talking about um, the priority of prayer or, or the persistence of prayer. Because yesterday was day 21, but how many of you know it doesn't, prayer doesn't stop yesterday? Prayer, prayer didn't end yesterday. It's not like, oh, whew, good, I don't have to pray again until August. You know, it's, it's not that. We, we, we have a prayer 
kind of culture. And what I want to do is kind of teach you how to keep on praying. And it's something that Paul said in Ephesians 6 that we ought to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. And with, with this in mind, as we pray, let's be alert and let's, let's keep on praying. Come on, say this with me. Keep on praying. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep on praying. And, and 21 days of prayer for me is one of those seasons that's close to my heart because God has spoken to me through the years in that season of 21 days of prayer. And, uh, and it's close to me. In fact, it plays a role in the story of City Hope. <laughs> I remember it was 2007. Um, I was on staff at a church in Alabama. So we served at a church in Alabama for 15 years before we moved back here to Wichita Falls. And the name of that church was Daystar. The pastor of that church is still my pastor today. And, and uh, one of our staff members was leaving the church to go plant a church about an hour and a half away. And, and so I remember having a, car, a conversation with him in the parking lot. And I don't remember anything else about the conversation, but I, all I remember is he said, maybe Daystar will help you plant a church one day. And when he said that, it's like something happened in my heart. Like the Spirit of God was like, that's it. And I knew in that moment, that's what I will do for the rest of my life one day. I will plant a church. And I knew then it will be in Wichita Falls. I mean, I just knew it. But I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> Come on, I, I'd never heard of church planting. I had ne never heard of ARC. I, had ne I didn't know what to do. I was, I was a youth pastor, right? I was, I was a music minister. And I just didn't know how to do any of that. And so we tucked that dream away in our hearts. And... <laughs> For the next 10 years, we just prayed and asked God, what do you want us to do? We kept being faithful to what God had called us to do. And in 2017, we found ourselves in a season where, if I'm honest with you, everything was like on paper was perfect. Everything was great. We had just bought a new house. We, we, we had built this house in a brand new neighborhood. We, we lived in the fastest growing region of Alabama. The Huntsville, Alabama area, it's the number one fastest growing city in the state. It's the largest city in the state. It's got all the amenities of, of what you'd find in the Metroplex. It's just a great community. Our kids went to the number one school district in the state. We had just built a new home, had the, had the community pool. We had everything going with us, but we were miserable on the inside. Have you ever felt that before? Like things are good around you. Church is good, like, like, but there's something missing. And that's what we felt like, that there was something missing. And that was the beginning of 2017. I was looking for a way out. I mean, I, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll go to another church. I'll, I, I just don't know. There was something missing. Well, that August rolls around, and one of my friends, Ed Funderburg, he's one of my coaches in, in ministry. He was doing a ministry weekend at our church and doing some coaching and consulting. And we had spent about a half a day together and I was dropping him off at the, at the hotel and, and Ed said Ben how old are you and I said I'm 35 years old and this I'll never forget these words he said that sounds like the ripe age of a church planter and when he said that it's like that dream I don't know if you if, if you can picture a flower pushing through the dirt it's like that dream all of a sudden pushed through the dirt and there was life and it's like that's it he said, have you ever thought about that before? And I said, well, yeah, that's, that's been in our heart for about 10 years. And he said, well, I think you ought to talk to Pastor Jerry about it. And so we did. We talked to our pastor, and, and he gave us his blessing. And, 
although he tried to keep us there. Come on, somebody. He, he didn't want to lose us, but he gave us his blessing, and, and that was August of 2017. We made it a matter of prayer during that season of prayer, and we, we knew by the fall of that year, this is what God has called us to do. By June 2018, everything was packed and loaded. We moved out here to, to Wichita Falls on June the 4th, 2018, and we... we we, we, we sold everything we could. We moved into a, a house half the size because we didn't know if this thing was going to work. I mean, I had faith, but I probably didn't have that much faith. <laughs> we didn't know, like, is, this, is anybody even going to come around us? And so we just started building relationships, and we started doing these things called startup parties. And many of you, about 65 of you, were in those startup parties. And we, we Annalise and I, together with this team of 65 people, we... we started having these launch team meetings and and then on January the 27th five years yesterday we had our first service in an old crusty nasty middle school cafetorium <laughs> at McNeil I'm thankful for that place come on somebody we had 350 chairs in that room and we we're just believing God I was telling the launch team guys we could have 300 people here today there could be 300 people, and they thought I was crazy. They thought, you're out of your mind. 300 people's not going to show up, but 639 did. In one service, 65 people said yes to Jesus Christ on day one, and we never looked back. The rest, they say, is history, and God has just been so faithful to us, and and. And that's the story of City Hope. And, and I, I just find myself, all the dreams, there's so many dreams that I had. What I'm looking at today is a dream in my heart. It's really a dream come true. But if I'm honest with you, I didn't think it would happen this fast. Even when we got in this building, we looked at this building years ago and I said, I, would, I wouldn't want to have a church in there. It was gross. This building had sat vacant for five years. It was water damage everywhere. I'm like, I don't want to go there. I remember saying to Steve, I don't think we'll ever need this balcony. <laughs> I was like, it's just in the way, it's obtrusive, let's just take it out. It's like, I'm so glad we didn't because we'd have to have two more services to fit all the people that have to that sit in the balcony. But to God be the glory, everybody. To God be the glory. And what I realized that through the years is that God often, he won't give you the whole puzzle at one time. He will give you one little piece of the puzzle. And you just have to find where that goes and trust him to give you the next piece later on. And, and if, I, if I could just say this, that's the way he works. And that's why we ought to keep on praying. That's what I'm trying to say to you today. We don't stop praying. We've got to keep on praying. And so I want to give you five thoughts today to just help you keep on praying. And, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about my prayer for you this year, all right? So five thoughts to help you keep on praying. Let's look at this. Number one is this. You've got to continue to make it a priority. Like if, if, you, want, if you want prayer to be important to you, make it a priority. Prioritize what really matters. And, and the secret of prayer in your life is, is this word, priority. Prioritize it. The secret of prayer, go back to week one. If you missed the first week of this series, we talked about the principle of first, that we're going to put God first in every area. I'm going to make it a priority like, like David did in the morning. In the morning, God, I'm going to seek your face. You hear my voice in the morning. I lay my request before you. 
I, I lay it out and I wait expectantly for you to hear my cries. Paul says it this way in the New Testament, pray continually. But what does that mean? You ever wrestled with that statement before? What, pray continually. How am I supposed to do that? Am I just supposed to walk around going, God, I just ask you today, be with, be with me today. Hey, how are you today? Well, you, Bob, God, I pray for Bob today that you would touch Bob and give him grace and strength. And... <laughs> no, that's not what it means, but it's more, like, it's more like Annalise and I texting back and forth through the day. It's like, hey, hey, I'm about to go into a meeting. Would you pray for me? Hey, I just want you to know I love you so much. I'm just so thankful for you. It's not all day but it's maybe throughout the day do you see what I'm saying and that's that's this idea of make it a priority in your life and so for every one of these statements I give you I'm also gonna give you a question that you need to kind of wrestle with on how do how do you do it how do you make it a priority right and here's how you do it. here's the question is what what do I need to change to make it the priority you have to wrestle with that for yourself I can't tell you what needs to change, but I could give you some thoughts like, like maybe you're going to have to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier. I know for me, uh, I, I can't do it late at night. If I don't do it first thing, it won't happen, you, right? So I have to make it the priority. Before the sun comes up, I'm up. I'm, I've, I've got to spend some time with God. And maybe, it's, maybe it's shifting something in your life. Maybe it's not giving it up, but putting it at a different place in your life so you can prioritize God so what needs to change but then number two is this you've got to find a dedicated time and a dedicated place to do it so don't just float through life and no get some consistency in your life and find a place find a time and a place it doesn't have to be the only place but it, there does need to be a dedicated place that you do it for me it's in my house I don't like to I don't like to leave early in the morning I don't I like to get up early in the morning, but I don't want to leave my house early in the morning. I want, to, I want to just take my time and spend some time with the Lord. And that's what Jesus did in Mark is that early in the morning, while it was still dark outside, he got up and he left the house and he went to a solitary place where, where he wouldn't be bothered by the, by the kids tugging at you, wanting this and that. That's why I have to get up before the kids get up because I, I, I know how important this is for my life. And so... I spend that time in prayer in my home when it's, when it's dark. And I think for Jesus, I think his time and place was the Garden of Gethsemane. And we don't know that for sure, but we know it was one of his favorite places to pray. And the Garden of Gethsemane, if you've ever been to Jerusalem or, or Israel, um, if you haven't, it's bucket list. You've got to go. You've got to go. We were actually going to take a trip from the church this year. We, we just decided to postpone that for, you know, a while. And... Uh, <laughs> Until things kind of settle down, but we, I want to, I'm going back because it will help you see the Bible like never before. But uh, Garden of Gethsemane is on the east side of Jerusalem. You go down a hill, and it's it's on the incline at the foothill of the Mount of Olives. And so there's there's this beautiful garden there. And by the way, Mount of Olives is where Jesus ascended to heaven. Remember when he ascended to heaven? It's on the Mount of Olives, and we believe that's where he's coming back when he comes back to get his church. And so there's, I, bl I believe that's Jesus' place of prayer. Why? Because it gave him a vantage point for what he was praying for. He could see what he was praying for. And so here's the question, is this, what time and place is going to help you pray effectively? What time and place is going to help you get closer to God, to have this, 
this time, and, and for some of you, it needs to be quiet. You know, for me, I like it quiet. I just, I just, just me and me and God. But there are some of you. You're extroverted. You're like my wife. You just need some people around you. You just need a party to pray with, right? And. And that's just not me, but that's okay. If you're that kind of person, you just need some people around you. Good news is small groups launch today, all right? And this is one of the greatest ways for you to find some people in your life that will pray with you, that will hold you up, that, that you, can, you can do life together. And this is my prayer for you this year. It's one of the greatest ways you could grow is to get in a group. I'm telling you, get in a small group where you can take off the mask and, and just be real with some people and, Tell them how they, they can pray for you and, and how you can pray for them and just build community together. We, la we launched those today, by the way. They launched today, and you can look at them online, cityhopefamily.com slash smallgroups, or just go to the church center app. But find a group. Make it a decision. You know what? I'm, time and place. I'm going to have a place that I, that I spend time with people in prayer. And then the third thing is you need to have a plan for prayer. Have a plan for prayer. So... We will help you with some plans if you need plans. We actually have a, a, a book that we give out during 21 Days of Prayer. It's just called a, a, a prayer guide, a pray first book. And in there is like the prayer of Jabez we talked about last week, the tabernacle prayer. Um, you, could talk, you could pray the Lord's Prayer. But have a plan. And I think that's where we get off track sometimes is we don't really know what to say to God. And so just having a plan makes a huge difference. In fact, if you, if you want one of those Pray First books, the, the prayer booklets, we will have them available today at the Next Steps table out in the lobby, and we'll, we'll have them there. You don't even have to pay for it. You already paid for it when you gave in the offering, all right? So you don't even have to pay for it. We'll give those to you out, out in the lobby until they run out. I don't even know how many we have, but uh, until they're gone, and, if, and then we'll have them again in August as well. But this is just a great, just have a plan to, to seek the heart of God. Jesus had that plan. Once Jesus was in a certain place, time and a place, and he was praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and he said, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. And I think if we're careful, if we're not careful, we'll just kind of skim over this. Like, just teach, like, we don't even know how to pray, Jesus. Teach us to pray. But these were good Jewish boys. These were good Jewish men. They knew how to pray. They knew the Torah. They knew the Hebrew law. They would have known how to pray, but I think what they were saying is, Jesus, you, you do it different than everybody else. You, you, there's something different about the way you pray. Teach us to do what you do. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. He didn't say this is what you should pray. He said this is how. And he goes into the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be your name he's not saying pray that he's saying he's saying start with that worship the name of God and just begin to call out to God in prayer and in worship and don't pray for your needs first but pray for the needs of other people your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and then later on get to your needs get to give us this day our daily bread and this is this is huge for us just have a, a plan I remember uh, when I was a youth pastor in Alabama I was a chaplain for a high school football team and and the Moody's are here today Jason and Ariel they helped us plant City Hope Church they moved from Alabama to Wichita Falls years ago 
to help us plant City Hope. And then just a couple years ago, they moved to Chattanooga to help our friends Tom and Deborah plant Five Stones Church. Jason went to this school, so you know what I'm talking about. But it's like probably like every other high school football team in America, you know. Before, before the, the game, they say a prayer. And what, what do they say? They say the Lord's Prayer. They take their helmets off, and, and it's almost like a good luck charm, right? They take a knee, and th- this, no joke, is how they did it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our kingdom come, our will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation. Deliver us from evil. That is the kingdom, power, glory forever. Amen. And I'm, I mean, I got a kick out of it, but I thought, if God was listening to this, I don't think he's very motivated to answer the prayer, right? Because it's just, it's just, yeah, right? And it's, so it's not just a prayer to pray, it's a pattern to pray. And here's the question, what plan makes prayer easy for you? What, how can, how can you... What can you do that makes it easy, interesting, and effective? Easy, obvious, and strategic for you to pray a prayer to make it part of your everyday life. And then number four, I'm just trying to help you. I don't know if this is helping you or not today, um, but I'm just trying to help you with this is, is to, to pray, to keep on praying, pray with energy and power. Come on, pray with some power. A lot of us, we grew up in a, in a church culture where, where we, we pray small, timid prayers, quiet prayers. I, I, I did um, in a sabbatical one time in 2000, 20, 2012, and I, I stayed for a couple nights in a monastery. First time to ever do that. And, and there's a lot of rules that I didn't know, like you, you don't, don't talk during certain parts of the day and whatnot. And, and I went, they asked me to come to prayer meeting with them. And I thought, I was Pentecostal, so I thought prayer meeting was like, man, we're about to pray. We're about to throw down. No, it, it was, we read books and we went, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it's beautiful, but I was ready to pace. You know, I was, I was, ready, I was, I was ready to just walk and pray. And, and uh, so I, I, was, I was a little caught off guard by that. Nothing wrong against that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying there might be something more powerful than that. All right? And so... Uh, a lot of us, we grew up with timid prayers. And, and, and if we pray uninspiring prayers, do, does that really get God's attention? Like, Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we beseech thine throne of grace today. We know that thou art concerned with our grammar as we pray, and so we want to be proper. <laughs> Thee before thou, except after thine. I'm just saying maybe there's a, a more, a, maybe, maybe not a better way, but maybe there's a different way that gets God's attention that involves some power in it, some, some, some effective prayer. I think the Bible suggests more often than not a loud and, and energetic kind of prayer. So, so think about this, the half-brother of Jesus, 
James says it's the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man that avails much. Not the, not the timid, small prayer of, of, I don't know if, I'm not really sure if you can do this, God, but the effective, fervent prayer of a person who says, God, I believe in the impossible today. I believe that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or even imagine. And so that this, this word, these words, effective, fervent, It's two words for us, but it's one word in the Greek. It's the word energeo, and it's energy. And James is saying, I think God's looking for somebody who would pray with some energy. And the great news is if you pray by yourself, nobody is around to hear what you say or how you pray. But for some of you, your next step might be you you just need to pray out loud. To pray out loud. You're, You're praying to yourself And that's okay too, but maybe you need to start praying out loud. God, I just thank you today that you are with me, you are for me, you're blessing me. God, you're pouring out your spirit in my life. Maybe some of you need to take a next step and bind the devil. Cast out the devil. You know what I mean? Like like you're just kind of acting like life is normal and it's okay for all the chaos and the warfare to be going on in your life. But maybe you just need to say, Satan, you need to get your hands off of my child. They will live and not die. They will not be addicted. They will follow Jesus Christ. Because prayer is not just, it's not just communion with God. It's confrontation with the devil. And maybe, maybe for some of you, it's, it's believing for the impossible that God, you are able to do it. I know what the doctor's report says, but God, I'm choosing to believe your report today. And your report says that I am healed and I am whole in Jesus' name. So what do I do? All right, here's the question. What hurdle do you need to overcome to make prayer powerful, a powerful experience for you? Now, you, you can't wait to get back into your prayer time. Can't wait to get back. Without prayer, here's what will happen. Without prayer, all you have is a dream. Without a plan, all you have is a dream. You you need to have a plan with it. All right, here's number four. Uh, Number five, rather, is this. Uh, Relate to the persons of the Holy Spirit. Relate to the the persons of the Holy Spirit. All right. I want you to notice the capitalized word there, persons. And I'm talking, of course, about the Trinity, the Godhead. All right, we believe our God is three in one the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you can relate to each one in your prayer time. I don't know if you know that or not. You can pray to God the Father. You can pray to Jesus the Son. You can talk to the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you how you can do that in just a moment. But, but God is not a... He's not this kind of just blob in the heavens. <laughs> he's not a cosmic killjoy, some faceless giant. He is... A person and he's emotional the Bible says he loves he also gets angry and he's jealous but he has mercy and grace and he's kind it's his kindness that leads us to repentance he he's a good God I, I love this verse that Paul gives us in in 2nd Corinthians he says it, it, this is one place in Scripture you'll find the the, the three the Trinity May the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God the Father, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit, may it be with all of you. May may God be with you. May God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, And Paul shows us all three of the Trinity and in the correct order. It starts with Jesus. Because you can't get to the Father unless you get there through the Son. 
And when you get there through the Son, He gives you the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can live the life He's called you to live. I love it. But this is why, okay, that's why when I pray, I often pray and I focus on the cross of Jesus. I focus on the cross. Nearly every time I pray, I thank Him for what He's done. I thank Him for salvation. I thank Him for the crown of thorns that was placed on His head. I thank Him for the nails that was put in His hands and His feet, that the nails represent the forgiveness for what I've done and for where I've gone. Hands and feet. I thank him for the crown of thorns that represents the peace that I can have through the cross of Jesus Christ. I I thank him for the stripes on his back that represents the healing that is mine through Jesus Christ. And I thank him for salvation, and I thank him for redemption and transformation, and I thank him for blessing in my life. And then I, I do this, I focus on compliance to the Father. Compliance. It got quiet. Because if we're honest with ourselves, this is not a word a lot of us like. It's submission. And I believe one of the greatest problems we face in our society today is actually a lack of submission. Not just to God, but submission to authority in general. We, we were at a soccer game. One of our kids plays sports, and so we're at an indoor soccer game a while back. And young man on the other team just, I mean, just kind of losing his cool, pushing, shoving, and back-talking the ref. And you'd think, you know, the parent would stand up and go, you, you, better get your, you better get it in order. But no, the mama says, you don't listen to him. And I'm going, oh, my God. That's the problem with our culture. And it's the problem with him that he will never listen to anybody else in his life because he don't have to. And I'm just saying, I, every day I say, God, I, I submit to your authority in my life. You're not just my Savior. You're my Lord. You get to tell me what's right and wrong. You get to tell me to, where to go and what to do because you're not just my, you're not, you're not just my sugar daddy. <laughs> saving me from my sin, blessing me. No. You get to, you get to, you get to be in control. And then communion with the Holy Spirit. Come on, I pray for the gifts of the Spirit. Pray for the, pray for the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Amen, everybody? Yes. Let's do that. So as, as we settle into this year, I just, I love this message. I got so much content that I, and I got to let you out early, but I just, I got so much I have to give you. But as we get into this year, I'm, I'm praying a prayer for you. I want you to know this. I'm praying four things for you this year. Every day I'm going to pray this. And it's actually the vision of our church. I'm praying that you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and then make a difference. And that's not just our vision for you. It's actually the vision of God for your life. I need you to know that. It's the vision of God for your life. And Paul wrote about it to the church at Ephesus. So Paul was an apostle. And all that means is he was a church planter. And all throughout the Middle East, he planted churches everywhere. And when, when he got it to a healthy place, he would pass it off to leadership in the area. And then he would move on and plan another church. And he would write letters back to those churches. Those letters are known as epistles. And they became two-thirds of the New Testament that we read every day. And so Paul wrote the vision of God for our lives today. He wrote it in Ephesians 
in chapter one, he says, I've not stopped giving thanks for you. Every time I think about you, I just remember you in prayer. And if you were Paul, what kind of prayer would you pray for, for this church? Here's what he did. He prayed, I keep asking God the Father, the, Lord, the, the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm asking him that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would know him better. Not that you would know about God. Not that you would be the majority of people in our culture who know about Jesus and he was a good guy and, you know, God's the good guy upstairs and, you know, he's rooting for you, hoping one day you'll, you know, get it all together. No, that you would know him and the word know is gnosko. It means that you would know God intimately, experientially in a life-changing kind of way. It's the way husbands and wives know each other intimately. So God's not looking for a date. He's looking for a marriage. He's looking for you to know him in a powerful way. And, and so Paul says, I'm praying that that would be you this year. And that's my prayer for you. I'm praying that you would know God like you've never known him before. And the way we say it is give God a year of your life. Give him a year and watch what he'll do. But he didn't stop there. He said, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. So the first step is you've got to know God. And then he says, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Well, what? What's the eyes of my heart? Did you know you had eyes in your heart? I want you to think about it. I want you to think about this. You, when you look around at the world around you, you do not look with your physical eyes. You look with your, the eyes of your heart. And you look through all the hurts and the pains and the brokenness and the words that were spoken over you and the trauma of your childhood. And it explains why you act a certain way when someone makes you feel a certain way. Because you're not looking through these eyes, you're looking through the eyes of your past. You're looking through the lens of yesterday. And it clouds our lives. And Paul says, I want you to be free from the past. I want you to take off the mask. I want you to get free from all of these things, these addictions, these things that have held you back. And I, need you, I want you to get free from it. And, and so he says, you need to be enlightened, the eyes of your heart. And that's what I'm praying for you. So he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart are enlightened... And that you may know the hope to which he has called you. That you'll know the purpose, the plan, the destiny that God has for your life. That you were born on purpose for a purpose. That your life matters. That your life has meaning. That your life has value. And there's something that God wants to do in you and through you. But here's the thing. You can't see your purpose when you're looking through the lens of yesterday. Purpose. And, he's, and he keeps going and he says, when once you know the hope that he's called you to, then you get to experience the glorious riches, the glorious inheritance that he has for you. You have an inheritance. And it's not wealth. It's not possessions. It is people. God gives you influence with people that you would make a difference in their lives. And he gives, you, he gives you this opportunity in life to lay your head down at night knowing that your life matters. Your life is, is, is making a difference that people are going to heaven because of you. So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you my, the four prayers I'm praying for you. And I'm going to start with the end in mind. Here's what I want for you. And I'm going to go in reverse. So in your notes, it starts with one, but I'm going to start with four. So you're going to want to go down to the bottom. I changed it last minute, but here it is. Here's my ultimate goal for you. My, my, my desire is that, that you would find your place on a team. 
team of people so that you can make a difference and experience real life. I'm praying that for you this year, that you would find real life, your inheritance in this life. You would know why God created you. What are you here for? That you would live it out with a group of people. And Jesus said, you didn't choose him, but he chose you. And he chose you from the very beginning that you might go and bear fruit. Watch this, a fruit that lasts. What's a fruit that lasts? A fruit that makes it to heaven. A fruit that shows up in eternity. But here's the thing, you can't have this you, you can't find your purpose and live it out. You can't, you can't make a difference in this world until you know God's plan for your life. And so I'm praying that this year, in a year of growth, you will see God's perfect plan for your life. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, you will know, God, this is why I'm here. You'll be able to look back on your life and know God created you for this moment, for this period of time. We do that through the growth track here. We help you discover purpose through the growth track. Next Sunday is step one. We do it after every service, three times a Sunday. Next week, we talk about vision, who we are. Week two, second Sunday of next month, purpose, spiritual gifts. Why are you here? Why did God put you on this earth? But you'll never, you'll never be able to know this until until you experience real freedom, until you wipe the smudge off of your glasses, until you take care of the past, until you settle yesterday. Because if, until you do that, you will always, you'll be looking through this dirty filter through the eyes of your heart. And so I'm, I'm just begging you that you would get free this year. James says, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you can be healed. The way we do that is through small groups. That's why I'm asking you, take a step, get in a group. You don't have to tell everybody what's going on in your life, but you got to tell somebody. Tell somebody what's happening. And a lot of us think that all I have to do is tell Jesus, and he'll forgive me. And you're absolutely right, he'll forgive you. But what you'll find out is you'll still struggle with the same thing. Because the prescription is go to Jesus for your forgiveness but go to somebody else for your healing. I'm just just telling you, you'll never know it until you try. Well, I just don't understand why I need to, why somebody else needs to know what's going on in my life. It's because if if you don't do it, you will always be as sick as your secrets. Always. Praying that you'll find freedom in this, but you can't do that until you know God. And I'm praying that you would know God intimately this year, that you would know him that you would have relationship with him, that you would fall in love with his word and fall in love with his people and fall in love with worship and fall in love with God. You would know him. And many of you have made that decision. In fact, 700 and, I can't remember, 770 of you made a decision to follow Christ last year. That's incredible. But only 259 of you were water baptized. And that, that amazes me because water baptism is your next step next Sunday we'll have an opportunity for you to step into that that relationship with Jesus a public declaration of all that God has done in your life I want to encourage you don't wait 
Next Sunday is your moment to go public with your faith and to say, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. I want to encourage you to do that. And there's some of you in the room today and that you feel like, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I don't really, you know, thank you, Pastor Ben. This is a really good motivational speech today. Like my cousin who, who told me after I preached my grandmother's funeral one time, he goes, that was a nice speech, man. Thank you. Some of you, you're on the fence. Some of you aren't sure. Listen to me. I don't want you to get to heaven one day and hear Jesus say, I never, I never knew you. Lord. We did all these things in your name, and Jesus is going to tell some of us who think we know him, he's going to say, I never, I never really, I didn't know you. And that's my prayer for you today. I think there's some people in this room today. Today is your day. 2024 is going to be the best year of your life. Not because everything goes perfect for you, but because you give your life to Jesus today. Amen. So I'd love for you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and just ask yourself right now, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me in this moment? And God, I pray that you would speak to every head that is bowed today. Open the eyes of their heart. Give them wisdom and understanding that they would know you today in a powerful way, that they could live their lives making a difference for the kingdom of God, plundering hell, populating heaven. God, I'm praying right now that you, that today, in this moment, someone who needs to know you would be bold enough to, to make that decision. And that's what I want to I lead you in right now. If you're here today, you're far from God, you hear me talking about fulfillment and purpose and getting free, listen, you can't experience any of that until you experience salvation through Jesus Christ alone a life-giving relationship with him. If you're here today and you don't know God, you're far from God, you feel the weight of your sin, you want to experience everything that I've talked about, give God a year of your life, and it starts with a relationship with Jesus, but you have to make a decision. If you're here and you're ready to go all in with God to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, on the count of three, I want you to boldly slip up your hand. One, two, three. I'm going all in, Pastor Ben, all in today. This is my day. I see you. One, two, Who else would say, that's me, I'm I'm giving him all I've got, I'm surrendering, three. Who else would say, I'm going in, four, five, six, seven, anybody else? I'm giving him all my life, I'm I'm surrendering my life to him today. I see you in the back, eight, nine, so proud of every one of you. All right, come on, let's say this prayer together today. Say, Jesus, I surrender, I give you my life from this day forward. I'm yours. You are mine. I will live for you. I have decided to follow Jesus. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church. Let's give Jesus the best praise we can today.